0: I would say spin the inner work in yourself. Do not look at other opportunities. You really need to do, um, read, be mindfulness, whether it's taking walks and really thinking about it. Write down and begin to keep track of the things that you believe you do really well. And um, don't get attached to the title that you have today.
1: Hey everyone, it's Angie Witkowski, author, entrepreneur, executive coach, and I am here with Stephanie Cox, my co-host for this Bet on You season. This is season five. This is 2024. This is the year of transformation. And Stephanie, of course, as her background, she's been a president and CEO at large oil and gas organizations, and now she's the founder of Blue Sky Ambition. Stephanie! We're here. Super
2: happy to be with you, Angie.
1: I'm really excited about our conversation today. It's about life and career transformations. Not only is it, again, the year of transformation for the Bet on You program, but we want to make sure to give people the guidance and inspiration they need to lead their lives and make whatever change necessary to bring them to greater fulfillment. I'd love to hear from you because you've made many transitions and transformations. How would you differentiate between those two words, transitions and transformations?
2: Transformation sounds big, you know, big change. Uh, Transition seems a little bit more easing into something. And I think both take um, thought and both take some courage. I think a transformation is doing something maybe more radically different. And it probably takes... um, a few steps to get to that point to make a change. But both of them, I think require a lot of courage and some risk taking, but they're well worth it.
1: Oh, well worth it. And I think to our guest today, Ina Hall is a friend of yours. How did you get to know Ina? Tell us about I, this relationship. I got to know Ina
2: uh, this past year through a network that I had joined, and she's just a really special individual who has made transformations herself. And I think that you'll find her really engaging and the listeners can learn a lot from her.
1: I think so, too. One of the things I've learned about Ina, and I'm so excited to jump into the conversation, is that she is, you know, she seems fearless in her approach to change, growing her career in education and now working in the finance world, which can seem just very, and they are, right, very different industries. But I imagine that there, there was fear because that's a true reaction and emotion that we have when we're making change, but the ability to have a little bit of grip behind it is uh, pretty, pretty powerful. I would love to hear from you when you think about that word fear, fear with change and all the changes that you've made. Does that resonate with you? It does. <laughs>
2: you're I, part of the journey. It's true. Cause I think when you're um when you're in a place, whether it's a job or even your personal life and you're comfortable, you know, things are going okay. Life is good. It's comfortable The fear comes on disrupting that. And what would that look like if it doesn't work out? But I think with transformations, you can have many transformations in your life. You don't have to have a beginning and an end and that's it. I think people are making a lot of career transformations after a couple decades in one particular field. You can learn anything. And I think as long as you're comfortable learning something new and trying it may not be as daunting.
1: This is something I think is really important, not to look at your career with a beginning and an end. And I think a lot of people approach their careers with that, therefore they don't wanna make a change. Like 65 is the end of my career and that's when I plan on retiring from this slugfest that I've been in 20 years so far and I've got 10 more years of slugfest to go. It's like, wow, that's your life. Do you want the next ten years to be a slugfest, or do you want to use this moment right now? And that's again a scary proposition.
2: Exactly. I think sixty-five is just a number. You can make a change and do something for the next
1: ten years. And how many people have we met too who get to that sixty-five and say, you know, doing nothing? Like, okay, I'm here. <laughs> wait, this wait, is, this here? is yeah miserable. I need to I need to do something different. Well. Without further ado, let us bring Ina into the conversation. Hey, everyone. So excited to welcome Ina Hall to the program. Ina, welcome to Bet On You. Thank you for having me. I would love, before Stephanie and I jump into our conversation and asking you all the questions about your incredible career experience, if you could just tell us about your background. Absolutely. Well, where shall I begin? I grew up in
0: the Central Valley of California and I came from a Hispanic background, Uh, grew up in a small community, in uh, a farming community to a single mother at the time. And uh, that was a great experience as I grew up in the Valley and lived amongst, you know, farmers in different communities and, um, know had a very close-knit family growing up it was a large hispanic family on my on my mother's side i then went to college and met my husband in college and began my career in education when i went to school i actually was recruited as a student worker in an administrative offices and that took off my career i did not expect that i would enter um, education as my career space but that's exactly where i went And from there, my husband and I got married. My career took off, just celebrated 32 years of marriage. I have two amazing daughters, one that's wrapping up medical school right now, the other one that's in nursing school. And I've just been blessed. And I've gone through this journey of um, self-evaluation and helping others. And
2: um, that's what, what led me here today. That is super. You've done a lot in a short time, let's say, of your life, you've been a huge advocate in higher education. So kind of stumbling into it with the first job, you must have found something that was really special. Because, you know, throughout your career, you've been a strong advocate for higher education, a strong supporter of Title IV, which helps students uh, pay for college, which is extremely important. Um, And you've you really have touched thousands and thousands of people. But during that time, you know, you've you've made lots of changes. You know, you've done transformations within the education space. And is that something that has been within you? You know, since you were you were little, making change, or was it something different?
0: You know, that's a great question. So what led me to education? Obviously, was I am. You know, I would consider myself a first generation college student coming up. My grandparents were migrant farm workers. My mother had uh, worked the fields as well. And, um, but when I entered higher education, I was going to college. I actually had aspirations of going to dental school, of all things. And it wasn't until I was recruited in the financial aid office as a student employee that I began to understand the impact that that work had in terms of creating access to students who may not be able to afford to do that. And I just had a natural gift to finding um, solutions to making the process easier for students and families. And I had a way to convey a message to them where they were, um, felt hopeful about their ability to continue education And whether that was through advising students and families or building out systems within the colleges because at that time they were very archaic um, i knew that i had an opportunity to make an impact by improving the experience of the financial aid process so that was my passion when i started it happened to work out really really well for me and i began to get a reputation of transforming financial aid departments either re-engineering their processes and impacting the staff that worked the front lines because I did it myself. And from there, my career took off. And so uh, I think that what I loved most about the education process is seeing a student from day one where they were beginning and there was so much fear and trepidation in their eyes. My favorite part was seeing them at graduation. I still have many of the thank you cards along the way. I don't think I've ever been to a graduation ceremony where not everybody was happy and excited. Uh, it's just a moment where you get to be a piece of that and uh, that type of servant leadership where you are working with others and helping students really creates um, a transformative process in your own life.
1: I am just fascinated by this inner drive that seems to have perpetuated throughout your career and I'm thinking about our audience many people want to make career changes, want to have a broader impact than than what they're doing currently right now, but they feel as if they made significant investments or commitments into their education, that it's almost like that sunk cost thinking mindset, like I've been doing this for 15 years and I've got this experience and why make any changes right now? I would love if you could speak to that person about your experience and perspective on just leading your personal career transformation.
0: Oh, well, it's, I have to tell you, I began feeling um, that I needed a change probably about three or four years ago. I went through this process where I felt like uh, I was, as my career took off, I would hit about four to five years and I'd start feeling that little itch, like, okay, I just stretched myself. And I made a big impact. I want to go ahead and rinse and repeat that into the next phase of my career. And I had a very successful um, career path all the way up through about two, three years ago. And I think that when I went through COVID, that was a very stressful time, obviously for everybody, but particularly in the education process. Uh, I worked in the allied health field. Uh, particularly in nursing schools. And you can imagine that the disruption that was going on at that time was very, very, very difficult. Fortunately, we had an online platform and um, we were able to deliver education. But what I found during that process is that I survived that. We were successful as an organization. But on the other side of it, I just didn't have that zest in me anymore. I, I felt like i had more to give and i didn't know if it was necessarily in the role that i had and it wasn't that i didn't um appreciate the opportunities that were given to me i worked very hard i was a chief operating officer of another school group i built this career path but i just felt like i had something more in me and i felt the landscape was changing and so with that being said in that quest to figure out what i wanted to do I went on this entire journey of just self-discovery and really getting to know who I was because I felt I knew who I was. But you know, until you really spend some time with yourself and really reflect, I didn't recognize that. And what really solidified my change in the tra- trajectory of what I wanted to do, I had a successful company I was with in, um, in Orange County. We were investor backed, we, uh, we had sold a company and at that point in time, I that was a probably a really big highlight because I was a, a player on that executive team that made that happen. We had an amazing team. And when I got to the other side of that and I had that successful exit, I just thought, you know, it was a great day that that the company sold. And that lasted for a few days. And then all of a sudden it went flat. And so I knew there was something more in me. And That began my quest to begin looking at what I wanted to do. I knew, really had to figure out what my secret sauce was, and that is building relationships and having impact on not only the students that I worked with, but employees that I was able to coach and guide and see them have a fulfilling, successful career. So I thought it was time for me to make a change before before things could happen. I had lost my father last year my my husband lost his father within 60 days so when you have a loss like that you begin to reflect really quickly am i doing everything that i've meant i was meant to
2: do and i decided to make a change did you take time to actually think about it like you're in these big roles and it's probably very fast-paced long hours probably very little personal time whatsoever so were these little whispers did you just step back in any capacity to say i just need clarity on this i need to figure it out or i did
0: it it first started with just that little gnawing in the morning and i began looking at uh, myself and i began beginning to understand that i needed to surround myself and change my network um and that led me to EWA, which was our Exceptional Women Awardees Alliance at that point. Um, But that had, my journey had started probably a year and a half before that. And it started with that little whisper. I could feel it on, I always say this now, if on Sunday afternoon, you dread Sunday afternoons because you know tomorrow is Monday. And that was, I was not excited anymore for the work that I was doing. I was also getting exhausted. I knew that my health had something to do with it, but I just didn't have that vigor in me. That was the first sign is that I dreaded Sunday afternoons. Preparing for the work week, I was looking at the schedule and that began to take the joy out of it. And so I did a lot of, lot of deep thinking. I kept it to myself. I was really quiet at first and just started thinking. and doing a lot of reading and research and going down lots of rabbit holes whether it was you know meditation prayer spiritual work journaling um every you know modality that's out there when you're on that spiritual journey i did it and that was actually really really good for me because it allowed me to clarify what i wanted and i could feel things changing and morphing And I needed to um, fertilize and add water to my soul garden because it was dry in my, it was so I spent that next 18 months doing that. And it was all about me.
1: I think what you're just describing is so powerful because most of us, when we want to have a transformative change in our life, maybe we'll pick up our phone and start, you know, Googling what other people are doing or we'll look around us and we'll try to search with Beyond ourselves to think about transformation, rather than doing the inner work. And just for audience too, you know, everything that Ina describes. I mean, maybe you're not in the position to drop everything, or maybe you only have a limited time. But what you're talking about is reading, it's writing, it's journaling, it's quieting your mind. We can all do these things. And you said something really important too. You talked about changing your network. Can you talk a little bit about that? And, and for everybody who's listening, too, like how to find a network that you can change into?
0: Well, that's actually, that was probably my first step was being intentional about that. It wasn't that I didn't have uh, some great people around me, but I knew that if I was going to go to that next phase, I always, you know, I listen to a lot of, positive, inspirational messages. And Les Brown and others will say, you know, folks wanna do, they wanna be the 1%, but they're not willing to do the work of the 1%. And that isn't just wealth. When I say it was surrounding yourself with people that inspired me, and I knew I needed to create that environment. If I wanted to break away um, and I needed to, and I was gonna make a big change, It doesn't happen overnight, but you need to have your crowd around you. And so that intentionality, and you begin to put that out there, um, and you express that, whether it's through intentionally looking for a network, sharing it with others you're looking for a network, journaling that you want a network, all of a sudden the connections and the things begin to align and it will show up. And so I did. I did some changes. I was very intentional about it. I wanted to be around um, women and others that had that same burning desire. And, uh, you know, they always say you shouldn't be the smartest one in the group of five. Right. You should always be, you know, uh, driving. And it wasn't just pure intelligence. It was not just success. It was just spirit minded and driven and. Um, wanting to do those same things, and I attracted it. I found it, and it was part of my journey of making a big change. And uh, that led me into a quest of studying, like I said, various modalities. There isn't one method. I'm going to say this because I've gone down every rabbit hole. There is not one road to lead you there. There's multiple ways, and you know, you'll hear these different. You know, some folks will. You know, they change their health and the things, the diet that they're doing, or they're changing the meditation, or they need to journal. I have just curated my own recipe that works for Ina. And, you know, some other modality may help somebody else, whether it's breath work, or maybe it's dance, or maybe it's painting or gardening. I figured out what brought me joy, and I just did more work focused to joy. And I began to realize if it no longer brought me joy, I was going to start pulling myself back from that and going to the things that brought me joy. And it led me to my my journey to step away from my role. That was an interesting, but it didn't happen overnight. I always tell ladies, they ask me this all the time. How did you do that? Because I was the breadwinner of my family. I was you know, an amazing supportive husband. So for me to make a change, that was a lot on me, but uh, it didn't happen overnight. I would say it was probably a two to three year process, before i built the courage to make the change that i needed to make.
2: you're you're a constant learner, you know, you're very curious and like you said trying different things. And you know, i also picked up very keen on um, technology, you know, through the educational background. And so now you lead an investment group. You have become very proficient in um, blockchain cryptocurrencies. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Because that's something very exciting and not everyone is familiar. It
0: is. So I began to really investigate that space uh, from a technology perspective because I became insanely curious about the blockchain platform. And no one really understood Crypto, Bitcoin, I didn't understand it initially, and I actually had to spend some time looking at um, the purpose of money, because that's a whole other conversation when you understand the philosophy behind the Bitcoin platform. But I was approached by, uh, this was early on, I would say um, in 2019, I began looking at this space. I knew I was going to have a liquidity event in 2020. And so I began looking at different methods for investing because I grew up you know, poor, for lack of a better word, as a child. And I had an opportunity to make a big difference in my family's lives and create some, some you know, passive income and some wealth because I had this idea that if I could create multiple streams of income and not be dependent on one source, then, then nothing, not one source would hold me hostage. I wanted to get out of that. So I began looking at blockchain and cryptocurrency, and as I began to study it, and I've watched so many interviews with, you know, if you really want to understand behind that, that mode of currency, I watched Michael Saylor on several interviews, and he, my eyes just lit up. I went, oh my goodness, he's making sense, but the technology behind it about recording digital transactions on this secure band of information and how it was going to be transformative to what we were doing. And I thought, that is something I think, I don't think I know is going to transform in the next 10 years. And so I began to do that. And so I had an an investor colleague of mine that was building out a Bitcoin mining project. And I thought, boy, do I make that investment? And I had read a book. about, you know, the space, but I also read about investing. The moment you put your money behind something, the first thing you're going to do is research it. And so I did that. I went back to Wharton and I took a course on digital assets and cryptocurrency. My husband thought I was crazy at the time, but I learned so much in that. And uh, it ended up being very well. And through that curious path, I began to circle myself with other investors and got involved in some other projects and uh, found a whole new world of tax-friendly investing platforms. And and that's where I took off. And so uh, I've been working on that for about four years now. I've had some wins and I've had some losses because that's the way it goes. But I've had more wins than losses. And that's the key key to it. And I've learned so much.
1: Uh, i am just so fascinated by your deep curiosity you i mean again that lifelong learning you certainly go deep and this the self-awareness journey that you've been on too even you know whatever stage you're in that's one of the surprises i think whenever i facilitate leadership training programs is that people think about leadership as innovation you know entrepreneur like entrepreneurship are like these big words but i think one of the most important things anyone should do on their journey is Go within, and it's not as exciting or sexy, but it's fundamental to our growth and development. So, I guess my question is deep curiosity, focus on self awareness, self reflection. You know, what are some of these other qualities or behaviors that you invite into your life to get you to where you are today?
0: Well, I think it's the awareness piece of recognizing when something either upsets me, getting to the core of that issue really quickly. I recognized in part of this process is not to let things grind and burn off my energy too much. And I used to do that. I was horrible at that. Something would upset me and I would sit there and I would go quiet and it would just, just feed and, um, and And I realized that that was not healthy, but I also had to go back and study. why would that hurt me? And it's always never the surface level thing. It goes back to either inner child things that I had as a child growing up, some biases that I saw, and I felt slighted. And what I realized is that when somebody may have, where they have hurt my feelings, really, was it really about me or was it about them? And when I spun that around and I took that off of of me, and I began to reflect on that and recognize that they're hurting sometimes as well. That helped me. Another piece to this whole process was just being cognizant of my role. As I grew up, as, a, as I began to move up through the corporate world and I got larger and larger titles, I became very, very aware, aware that my words were powerful. And what I said behind closed doors with my husband or really close colleagues, you would not say out to your team because eyes are always on you, right? When you are the leader of your unit or your, your company, um you know they always say never let them see you sweat. There's some truth to that because they're looking for leadership and they want to see some some calm demeanor. So I did and I did that very well. It didn't take a whole lot to rattle me but When you internalize all of that over time, that begins to get really, really heavy on the inside. And so I did, I didn't have a way to express that. I didn't do the things early on in my career, like the meditation, the running, the walking, the getting out and getting some fresh air to clear my mind. And I began to do that. And when I noticed there was a correlation, the moment I would step away, take a few breaths, you know, not react right away, I got a better and different response, whether it was for myself or the people that were around me. And that's powerful as well. And as I began to really develop that out, I began, there was a transformative process in me that I inherently, I've always been a very kind person because I didn't like mean kids. I always say this, mean kids growing up or anyone being picked on. But I found as I began to develop out myself more, I would have random people at the grocery store that would just come up to me and just say, you know, you have a nice little glow about you or how are you doing today? The engagement level of just strangers would tick up. And I noticed that when I would get a tick up in like strangers communicating or a tick down where it would be silent, there was something going on internally. So it's all about what you're expressing from the inside out. I really believe that, and we all like that bright person. And I always would just zero in on those that would bring, that were the light in the room. And in fact, I just saw a there was a gentleman that I had followed on LinkedIn. He'd won the Luminary Leadership Award, and they just you know they wrote the word luminary. And I have in fact I actually have it on my computer. It's a person who inspires or influences others, especially one prominent in a particular sphere. And I go, what an amazing accomplishment to get the Luminary Leadership Award. So inspiration is a big deal to me. And I think that your impact on others and the way you can express yourself and tell your story, you don't know how much that touches others. And I have figured that out and found that it's—it's it's, the trickle effect is amazing.
2: So you are a luminary. <laughs> I mean, you have... Really, you give off so much great energy and those are the people that you want in your network. You do. Yeah. You want to attract that. It's all about, it just,
0: it begins to build on itself, right? It's like, you know, math, it it doubles up. So I enjoy being around really good people. And I tend to pull back now if I see somebody, I'm like, oh, they need some help. But I don't know. I does, it's a little draining sometimes. So when you, you know, you have to be cognizant of your energy, that's for sure. 100%.
1: Hundred percent. I would love, as our final question, Ina, um, just for you to share your wisdom and guidance to those right now. As we heard your incredible story of, you know, transformation in life, going from you know a pretty rural, challenging childhood to where you are today, and just the financial revolution that you've went through as well. What guidance do you have for somebody right now who's thinking about making a change or been wanting to make a change and they're just nervous and scared of letting go because that next step seems so big? Could you give that person some guidance?
0: Absolutely. It it is scary. I'm not going to lie because when I decided to to resign, I didn't have another job. And so when you have to shed your, uh, your title and you have to redesign who you're going to be, I would say, spin the inner work in yourself. Do not look at other opportunities. You really need to do um, read, be mindfulness, whether it's taking walks and really thinking about it, write down and begin to keep track of the things that you believe you do really well. And um, don't get attached to the title that you have today because we do. We, we define, you know, when you're in a career for so long and all of a sudden, especially when you've surrounded yourself with others, you know, you elevate these circles and you're in amongst a, a group of, you know, professionals that have the titles and you're now in between. That path of going through that um, is, it's yours and only you can change it and you can define it. So journaling, being mindful, surrounding yourself, talking to others, reading, invest in yourself first before you go out and express. And then once you've made that decision, be very intentional about what you want because once you make the break, that's the hardest part, right? Is making that leap. I took that proverbial cliff dive and into the abyss of the unknown. And, but you need to know on the other side that it's going to be okay because you made it this far. And, um, you know, you don't realize it till you're on the other side of it. It's just the work, but you have to surround yourself. And I knew when I had my network around me, they were not going to let me fail. And that was a big piece
2: of it as well. Thank you so much for sharing that.
1: And where can people go to learn more about you? I know that you recently featured your story in a book. We'd love to figure out how we could follow up more and learn about you.
0: Absolutely. So obviously, I have a very active LinkedIn page, so you can find me on LinkedIn. I was part of a book called The Transformational Journey that was just published this last month with Kyle Wilson and some other incredible co-authors in the book. It isn't just my story, but stories of transformation along the way. So I would encourage you to take a look at that, give you some ideas and some inspiration along the way.
1: Thank you so much for being here. I'm bet on you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Okay, Stephanie, so Ina was every bit of fabulous as you promised she was going to be. That was such just a powerful conversation. What an extraordinary real world leader.
2: I loved listening to her. There were a couple things that I took away from that was, you know, just to be comfortable making a change, not to be afraid, taking the time to think about it. You know, Ina expressed it took her a few years on this. And just to be very intentional about what you want to do.
1: I think that is the key piece too. And I like the idea of taking the time to make a change and really going through the process rather than making a rash change. Because I'm sure we've all had those situations where we decide too soon, we're not fully bought in, and therefore we make a change out of that experience because we're like, what the heck are we doing? (laughs) The thing that I took away that um, really resonated with me um, are just some of those warning signs of unhappiness or unfulfillment and one of them being those dreaded Sunday afternoons. I remember that I had those experiences at the tail end of my Marine Corps experience. The Sundays when I just didn't want to go, you know, quote unquote, to the office on Monday, and those are clear warning signs that you need to make a transition or a, my situation, a massive transformation. I think here, Stephanie, do you have any of those warning signs too that you felt in the past? I had those. I had the Sundays. The
2: Sundays were <laughs> where you would just be gearing yourself up for what the week ahead was going to be when you should be using your weekend to relax. But Sundays became almost a workday, getting prepared. And I think um, the other warning signs are, are you, are you having fun? Are you having fun what you're doing? Or do you feel like it's kind of what you're hearing the word, is it a grind? So can you have fun in some of these tough situations? And are you, are you really enjoying elements of it? Because jobs and whether it's in your personal life or professional life, you need to find elements that are going to bring you some joy.
1: Because there's always going to be the things that just kind of suck that you yeah. feel like you have to do. There's a little yeah. bit of unpleasantry in work in general. And there's also, again, if 85% of your work existence is unpleasantry, that, that might be a warning sign. You need to make some change.
2: And, and I would just say probably a final warning sign for me, what I experienced, are you learning? Are you learning something new or is it more repetitive? Uh, same same thing, different day. So the learning piece, I think, is really important. And that's where I always get energy.
1: I do too. Well, thank you, everyone, for tuning in to this episode of the Bet on You podcast. Again, if you want to learn more, go deeper, please visit Angie Connect and blueskyambition.com is where you can find Stephanie. And look forward to seeing you on our next episode of the podcast.